Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Smack him a gob. Hey, I'm Dr. Fuck, and you know what the drill is, my calls. Oh, yeah! Yeah, I told Alcoholic and Wadley. What's up, brother? Bang, bang, pizza skulls. <laughs> bang, bang, you. No, bang, bang, pizza skulls. Look, You man. know what that means? Yeah. You know what that means? What? Smack him a god. Hey, how'd you know? <laughs> I watch your videos occasionally. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, what I'm going to do, okay, you know, i that's my new little catchphrase. Bang, bang, pizza skulls. And just like Schmack a Magab, I don't tell anybody what that means. I think I gave you off the air the meaning how I came up with Schmack a Magab. If I wow. did. Oh, well, wow. well, I can't tell that secret. But Bang Bang Pizza Skulls, I don't tell anybody as well. But because we have such amazing listeners. Now, I'm telling all you listeners now, do not repeat my catchphrase meaning. But I'm going to let you all know where Bang Bang Pizza Skulls came from, and it's fucking hilarious. You know my old drummer, Alex Marquez, right? Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Wiggy, wiggy. Anyway, I got a text message from him, and it said, Bang Bang Pizza Skulls. And I wrote back, I laughed, and then he wrote back going, bro, I didn't write that. That, that, was, uh, that was like my, my, it was in my pocket, bro. I butt dialed you. He butt dialed me. <laughs> bang Bang Pizza Skulls. <laughs> is that a crazy story now all the listeners out there please do not tell anybody what that is because when anybody else that doesn't listen to the greatest podcast ever when they ask me what it means i'm going to tell them it means schmack them a god only the privilege the rmc army you and 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 let me tell you something if i find out any of you motherfuckers tell the story we are per, ian and i both are sending you to Terrence Reardon and Friends podcast. And there you shall rot in purgatory. I think he'll reveal it on his show. And that one, that one Jethro Toll fan, what the fuck is bloody bang bang pizza skulls? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. Well, we got some iTunes reviews this week. All right. A, cu- a couple. Uh, <laughs> this first one is a two-star review. From Weeded Out. Hey, you know, you and I are both stars. Two stars. Hell yeah. I like yeah. this already. Yeah, I think that's what he meant. <laughs> yeah, we're two stars. His review is simply titled, Wow. And Weeded Out says, and I quote, The collective IQ at play in these conversations is shockingly, almost embarrassingly low. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that is the greatest fucking comment ever. Man, that, that needs a goddamn. Dude, I give that comment 10 stars. <laughs> yeah. At least he knows we're a couple of stars. You know, I like that. Yeah, and we and and plus you can tell he's got a stick up his ass. One of those intellectual, you know, people that when he heard us his IQ lowered. Really, dude, we're badass, bro. Look what we did to this intelligentsia guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's totally changed the way I look at these reviews now. 
because our next one's a five star, and I think that's making fun of my weight. Like, you know, I, I'm big enough for four stars, and then there's just, you know. But this guy knows we're two stars. Fucking A, yeah. weed it out. Smoke another one, dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We and, and I, intelligentsia. I, I, I did happen to look on his, uh, you know, because you can click on the people's names and you can see the other reviews that they left. And app, uh, iTunes is being like a, a dick right now, so it's not showing me what other shows he's reviewed. It just shows the reviews. And uh, I think we should be honored because everybody else, except for one show, he gave one star. So I guess they must be solo shows. But uh, that just shows that this guy's just a hater. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, hate all you want. I love you. Yeah. Yeah, he gets us. Hell yeah, he gets us. He gets us perfectly, man. We are exactly what he says. Fuck yeah. Read yeah. that, man. Yeah, we're not, uh, we're, you know, we're not too highbrow for the common man. <laughs> Wait, can you read that review again? Okay, hold on. The collective IQ at play in these conversations see conversations is shockingly almost impressively low see so you said we're impressive dude we're dude we're low and impressive top that all you itunes reviewers top that fucker that shit's awesome we're perfect at being low yeah we made him uncomfortable two stars couple of stars we we made such an impression that uh you know he felt obligated you know, to share his opinion. That's awesome. Yep, I love him. All right. Well, our next uh, review is a five-star review from Brian12374, simply titled The Best. And hey, wait, 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 wait. Before you keep going, what the fuck does Brian have against five and six? Uh, I, I don't know. I got a feeling that might be in the next review. That is my favorite. Yeah, but his name is one two three four seven. No, 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 no. One one three seven four. He hates two two. He hates two twos. Yeah, I don't like doo doo either. So, <laughs> but anyway, keep going. He says, and I quote: "The RMCP is the greatest. They go a little heavy into poison and Bon Jovi worship, but that's okay. They make up for it with their love for Bang Tango. Highly recommend it." I missed that other review better. That other review was much better. That guy, that was a fail attempt at fucking insulting us. Because we've never done Bonfone. Have we? Have we reviewed Bonfone yet? Uh, no, I think we were at some point going to do it with Stephen Kirsch. Hold on. Whoa, I got to close the window. That? That's Hialeah, buddy. Gordy! Man, earlier today there was a car. I shit you not. Driving down the street, it sounded like it was it was like shooting a gun. <laughs> the muffler was like, bang, 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 pizza stalls. <laughs> it was fucking insane. This town is insane. That's when you open up the window, hey, bang, bang, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll shoot you down with my luck gun, baby. Yeah. One, two, <laughs> three, four. <laughs> yeah, Kiss is the greatest. Anyway, that was the cool review, you know. It was a lame trying to, you know, trying to make a joke. It was very, dude, we got to be honest. I love you for the, the positive five star. It's great. Didn't he say we were the GOAT? 
You know? Come on. That's awesome, dude. But hey, sometimes you gotta realize you gotta leave those jokes to the professionals. Like that what? that left the first comment. <laughs> but I tell you, man, this this bang tango is gonna haunt me to my grave. It, 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 it's like sucking cock. You only got to do it once, and you're a cocksucker. You, you know, you you like one bang tango song. <laughs> and, then, no, and the best thing is, like, Tim Green's life revolves around insulting Paul Stanley and let and letting everybody know he likes bang tango. <laughs> he goes out of his way, man. He even made a bang tango army logo. It looked like a kiss logo, but it said bang tango instead of kiss. It's like. Uh, if you if you were to tell Tim Bream, you go, if you were to say this to Tim Bream, you go, hey, Tim, you like Bang Tango, I get it. He'll get a fucking hard on it. He'll be like, hell yeah. Oh, shit. I got to him. I think the next time I piss you off, I'll just start a show with Tim Bream and call it Bang Tango Pizza Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> bang Tango. Bang Tango Bang Pizza Skulls. You. <laughs> Oh, shit. Well, that is our iTunes reviews. Thank you. Keep them coming. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the weird. Uh, I love them all. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into uh, the news. And, man, uh, what's all over the fucking news. I don't care if it's a blabbermouth or you click on Yahoo or turn on the fucking boom tube. Is the passing of Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Wow, that one really, uh, man, I didn't see that one coming. I gotta tell you, man, when, and you know me, I'm not a Foo Fighters fan or anything. Right. But when I got home that night and I saw that, I, I, honestly, I've been more shocked at his death than, like, let's say, Dusty Hill, or, which, you know, I'm a big fan of these top. But right. I didn't really see this one coming. I was like, whoa, really, this guy? That guy was, like, so a ball of energy, you know? Yeah, and and I think that's I think that's the thing that's coming across to everybody. And then, you know, normally when when somebody passes, you know, especially in this day and age of the keyboard warriors, uh, you know, oh, and even I haven't you know, seen that one. I haven't been online lately, but yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I, I I saw one today. I saw one today that was uh, put down the Foo Fighters for asking for COVID vaccinations at their shows, but they said that you know, oh, but you could be a junkie. Uh, but yeah, that's a miserable prick that's all over Blabbermouth. But anyway, uh, I think the reason most people are shocked, not only, you know, because of how relatively young he was, uh, seemed in good shape, reportedly has been sober for a while. Uh, but like you said, this guy is a ball of energy. Everybody likes this guy. Nobody has anything bad to say about him. Uh, you know, what I love besides being, you know, I've seen plenty of clips where he's a very solid drummer. But he just, he had like a million projects. I mean, he played with the Foo Fighters. He had a side band called the Birds of Satan or some shit like that. Uh, solo albums. He just had a new band he started, I think, with uh, Dave Navarro. I hope Dave Navarro didn't give him some fucking heroin. But, uh, you, you know, this is just a guy that wanted to make music. And just seemed like a really funny, like nice uh, guy, and it, it's a goddamn shame. And, and especially too, you know, he leaves behind a wife and three kids, and uh, that's fucked up. You know, and at first, 
you know, I, I was telling Mrs. Wadzilla about it, you know, and she's like, oh, drugs. You know, she thinks, you know, any rock star is going to be drugs. And I was like, well, I think the guy's, you know, sober. But, you know, every once in a while you have somebody who just has like a heart attack or an aneurysm, some kind of weird shit, you know, that can happen to anybody. But then as it goes on and on, now they're saying toxicology reports found 10 different drugs in his system. And uh, the fucked up thing, they were in Colombia. So I'm thinking, oh, man, he got some bad coke. You know, well, you don't get bad coke in Colombia. <laughs> That's the well, shit ever. Well, 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 maybe, what not I mean, that I would know. <laughs> what, what I mean by bad is like, like maybe too strong. Like, you know, he could have, it wasn't cut enough. Right. Uh, you know, uh, but oddly enough, they haven't listed uh, cocaine as one of the drugs. But, I, I mean, he had weed, antidepressants, uh, opiates, uh, some other shit I can't pronounce. And, uh, you know, one thing that, you know, definitely scares me that, that I know is going around New Orleans, and not only New Orleans, but the country, is so many drugs being cut with fentanyl. You know? Yeah. And I, I, I wonder, could that be the case? Or it was just the case of mixing too much shit, you know? I mean, you know, nobody ODs on weed, you know? But, you know, you mixing the, the weed and the opiates and the antidepressants and all this shit, you know? And the guy was in amazing physical shape, but he's still 50, you know? Shit happens. But, uh, yeah, very, very sad. And, and again, it's like, why is Sammy Hagar still alive? Yeah. You know, you know, you know I saw, did you see, man, they, 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 well, they just put it up, the Letterman YouTube page. Uh, the Foo Fighters went on Letterman and with Rick Nielsen. And Dave was on drums and Taylor was singing. And he, he was dressed just like Robin Zander of 78 with the white suit. Oh, yeah. And they did stiff competition. And, man, it was oh. It kicked oh, out. I mean, no, he's not a Robin Zander, but he had a good voice. Yeah, he, he did have a good voice. A, a really commendable performance. You should check it out. It's really cool. Kicked ass. Yeah, I mean, he would normally get up with Foo Fighters and he would do like a Queen song. Yeah, I saw that too. That, and that, I saw his last performance. It was a Lollapalooza somewhere and he did that song. Yeah, yeah, he usually does Somebody to Love, and you know. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Foo Fighters hater. I'm not a super fan. They come out with a song, and I'm like, hey, man, I really dig that. They come out with another song, I'm like, nah, no fucking way. But I, I love that, you know, the Foo Fighters brought David Lee Roth on stage with them. They brought Zach Wilde on stage with them and did War Pigs, you know? Uh, they, brought, they brought Paul Stanley of Kiff. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, the, the shit Dave Grohl did with, with Lemmy. You know, I, I don't hate on him. It's not necessarily my bag, but I got no hate for him. Uh, but yeah, just... just that's that's a sad one. I, that's all I can say. Like my feeling is just sadness. Uh, you know, somebody that young. But then again, uh, you know, this is somebody who, who killed themselves. You know, yeah, probably accident. Look, my band is like a pimple on the ass of the Foo Fighters. But the rush I got to play to ten people to eight thousand people in Columbia. When you get off stage with that kind of rush in you. You know, you need to keep it going. And only drugs will do it. You yeah. know, that's why there's a lot of drug addicts to, to keep that in, in music, to keep that 
you know, hyper or whatever they call that when you get in you and, you know, you're, you're, you're getting that rush from an audience. That rush you get, when you get off stage, you want it to continue. Because it's, yeah. it's this feeling, and that's how a lot of rock stars died or, or do drugs to keep that, you know, euphoric feeling. Because it is euphoric. Going on stage and seeing fucking 8,000 people in three pits at the same time, that's pure euphoria. And then seeing people sing backwards, you know, and going crazy and headbang, that's a euphoric feeling that when you get off stage, man, you want to take something to keep it going, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, you know, it's like, and I never took drugs, you know, out of sadness. I took drugs to party. You know, I've crawled in a bottle when I was sad, but, you know, never drugs. Drugs was like, hey, let's have fun, <laughs> you know? So it's it's death by misadventure, you know? I think it was, well, I don't think. I know it's accidental, you know? Right. And the most horrible part is these, these children, you know? And yeah. the wife and the family. Uh, that's the worst part for me about this yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. But when Sammy goes, I don't care about his kids. I don't care. Oh, I got crazy Sammy Hagar news. Oh, I guess a coworker. I, I think I know what you're talking about. A coworker came up and talked to me about this because I didn't. I've been so busy at work, I haven't been on Facebook as much. But go ahead and tell it. See if it's the same story. No, it can't be. Um, I know a girl who knows a guy who works for Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they they haven't talked to each other for several years. They connected and. He is one of, I don't know what he does for San Diego. And then I said, joking around, I said, oh, tell him if I can get an interview with San Diego. So she went and asked. So the guy said to her, well, I need to see his channel. Like, you know, you know, how many views and stuff, I guess. That's why he wanted to see it. And what, you know, and what would be the topics you would want to talk about? And dude, I'm sorry, man. I know you're, you're going to disagree with me on this 100% but I don't want him to get fired and I know you he worked with <laughs> Hager. you want yeah. force for him to get just get fired but I, <laughs> I don't want him to get fired so I said to her look tell him that I want to challenge him to all the lies he said in, in uh, the press and in his book that's what I said because I don't want the dude to get fired so I don't want to like say, oh, I'm telling him I'm a big fan. I want to talk about, you know, uh, the origins of I Can't Drive 55. You know, I, I'm not going to do that and then yeah. do him and get the interview and, and attack him. This guy will get fired, you know? So, right. you know, that's me. And I, I don't know, man. My heart is brown. Your heart <laughs> is black. Yes. So, I mean, so what's the deal? Is it still up in the air or no? Well, that's the last thing I wrote her. So we'll see what happens. Oh. oh, and I said also, I go and say I will totally have a hundred percent respect for Sammy Hagar if he agrees to this, you know. Nice. So I, I said something nice, and you know, you, I, I would respect him to yeah. come challenge me, you know. Yeah, I'll take off work for that. I'll quit my job for that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Just let me hold the mic. I don't give a fuck. I got to be part of this. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see, man. If I get the San Diego interview, forget it. Oh, God. And he agrees to, oh, he thinks I'm lying? All right, I'll talk to him. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hell of a thing? 
if that would be the thing that would shoot us into the stratosphere, yeah. <laughs> we'd be like the Eddie Trump. We would do that up. That that shit would get so much coverage. Dude, that oh. would, uh, that would get so much traction. <laughs> that, that, that would. We could quit our jobs after that show. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. well, you already did. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm retired. Yeah. Oh man. That's funny. No, okay, well, here's the story. Elaborate this, or maybe it was a joke on Facebook or something. But I remember you saying that you were going to sing with this Yacht Rock band. Oh. And, and my co-worker said they wanted you to sing uh, Sammy Hagar. Well, you didn't hear the story, did it? Did I tell you? No. Oh, I got like, the... you, you, just, you just told me you were going to sing with a Yacht Rock band last well, time. Well, yeah, before. but, you know, they, they gave me a list of songs. I got the gig, and coincidentally enough, one of the songs was Your Love is Driving Me Crazy from Sammy Agar. Yeah. So I called the drummer and I said, look, I can't do this song because it's against my religion. Right. But he said, well, I'm going to talk to the captain. <laughs> the captain's the leader of the band. Obviously, it's the Yacht Rock band. Right. So he talked to the Yacht Rock band guy, and uh, he said, no, tell him. He has to do the song, but he or he can't be in the band. So basically, Sammy Hagar fucked it up for me, just like he did to Van Hagar, Van Halen. Well, you know what? I, I'd go behind the captain's back and I'd go talk to Tennille. And if Tennille uh, says it's yeah. all right, or yeah. or you know, afterwards I was like, I should call back and say, look, I'll do it, and just alter the lyrics. <laughs> you know, I'm good at that shit. Oh, fuck yeah. You heard what I did to Atomic Punk. I called it, Hagar sucks. Check it out. Sam Hagar sucks on YouTube. I sing it to Atomic Punk. Oh, God. Nobody rules the stage like Diamond Dave. Sammy Hagar sucks. Fuck yeah. Poetry. You'd be like, Terrence getting paid to sit home drives me crazy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Oh shit! Uh, you know, Terrence's family always has over for dinner because they got they gotten very accustomed to him. Dude from that? Amazon. The dude from who? From Amazon. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always there. Oh shit! Oh well. Uh, have you seen any shows since you went and saw Steel Panther? I saw Overkill. Oh, how that? How was that? All right, this is going to sound crazy. Uh, again, I'm not normal, okay? So I'll first say that Overkill was fucking awesome, okay? They were awesome. I have no complaints about how good they were. So, yeah, I could use a little more year decay. I'm, I'm, uh, look, bears can be cheated. But here's the negative side. And it's going to sound very weird of me saying this. But I, I don't think I ever want to see Overkill again, unless they come with a package, because I have seen Overkill so many fucking times since taking over, really. I pretty much never, well, I missed a few shows. But I've seen them, I don't know, 20, 30 times. And they're always great, but I kind of felt this time, it was like, yeah, you see one, you've seen them all, type thing, you know? So, I mean, did, did it feel phoned in, or? No. No, I don't, and you know me with violence. I don't think Phil's a good fit. He was great, he ripped, but it didn't, I don't think he fits with Overkill. You know, he was a little restrained here and there, 
I know many will disagree with me. It wasn't a phone-in show. They kicked ass. They came out and did their business. But it was like every overkill show I've seen. You know, it's like one of those bands. I mean, I, I, I'd have to think about it, but I'm sure there's other bands I like that I don't go see anymore because I've seen them too many times. And I felt that way the last time I saw Overkill. But it was a great show. And anybody that's seen Overkill less than 12 times, you need to go see it. Right on. That's my review. Well, I went the other night. I went solo uh, and went and saw Corrosion and Conformity and uh, Ministry. One star. Oh, no, man. Five star show. No, no, but you went solo. One star. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, really good, man. I haven't seen COC since, uh, shit, 92. Open up for Maiden on Fear of the Dark. And, uh... You know, before I forget, I might forget. Dude, there's a really cool new band out there that reminds me a lot of, um, like, you know, Pepper era COC. Yeah. And it's James Hetfield's son. Oh, I haven't heard that yet. I saw the video, but I, I didn't watch it. Dude, it's it sounds like killer COC vibe of the Pepper. I no shit. Really fucking good. I was like, you know, because for the most part, you know, most uh, musician sons suck. You know? Yeah. This one oh, it was impressed. Oh well, I'll have to go and check that out. All right, keep going with that review. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, COC was uh, was amazing. Uh, and I, I really like the drummer that they got, uh, you know, because it's weird not seeing them, you know. God, what, what's, what's the drummer? Reed, Reed Mullen? The, the drummer who passed it, away? Passed, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he died. Good yeah. Drum. And uh, the guy they got, I believe he's English guy. But, man, he just beat the shit out of those drums. And, you know, uh, Mike Dean was killing it on fucking bass. And Woody was killer. And Pepper was killer. It was a really good set. I was I was very happy. It was my first time uh, at the Fillmore, which is the concert venue at Harris. So when your parents come back to Harris, man, have them planted around a show because it's a pretty good venue. All right, I will. Uh, I think you'd like it. And I was really, really surprised by Ministry. Uh, this is probably my fourth or fifth time seeing Ministry. And I got to say, this was the best by far by far uh you know they're celebrating you know anniversaries of mine's a terrible thing to taste with you know great album but it was the set list was real heavy on uh mine's a terrible thing uh land of rape and honey uh did some uh it was a pale head or pill head was a side project we did around the same time with ian mckay from uh from minor threat and fugazi uh those songs sounded awesome course did the, you know the psalm 69 shit but the band holy shit were they good uh the drummer paul demore is he's original uh i mean the, the bass player paul demore he's the original bass player from tool and he was phenomenal and the drummer was uh roy marigora and uh you know he's played with stone sour soulfly a bunch of bands you hate uh and I hadn't seen them since, like, probably Soulfly years ago. Holy shit. It was one of the best drumming shows I'd ever seen. Because almost all the ministry 
there's very little real drums. It's all like, you know, program shit. And it's so fast and intense. But this guy, I mean, he just was like a machine. It was, really, it was like almost seeing Gene Hoagland up there. I mean, that's how fast and tight and intense it was. And uh, I ended up getting down. I was like probably third row uh, by the time Ministry came on. And just really good. And Al was very, very animated and with it. You know, wasn't out of his mind and shit. It really fucking tight show. So I, I was very happy I went. It's one of those... Uh, you know, as it came up to the day of the show, I was like, eh. you know, it's a Thursday, so I took Friday off of work, and I'm like, man, I don't like going to shows by myself, and, uh, you know, I was just trying to find the energy, you know, and like, I started thinking, am I getting too old for shows, do I give a shit about live shows anymore, but man, once you're there and everything starts up, you're like, fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, I love shows. And I'd still get up and get in the pit and stuff, you know, and uh, I, I really, really had a good time. And next up for me is uh, Exodus Testament Death Angel. So looking yeah. forward to that. And uh, getting to hang out with Will Carroll and shit. We're, We're going to Will Carroll, Tom Hunting, and Dave Lombardo all that night. You're yeah. going to drum the fuck out. Oh, I know. I know. And me and Will are going to hook up. I don't know if we're going to hook up before or after the show. But we're definitely gonna have some beers and shit, so so that'll be a lot of fun. Right. I'm seeing them, I'm seeing them the very next show they play after me. I looked awesome. I looked at the tour dates. New Orleans, then like two, three days later they're playing Orlando. Yeah, well Will might be recovered by then. <laughs> From what I'm gonna do to his hungry boy ass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh no man, it was good and like I said, I was really happy with the venue. Um I heard some shit going into it about uh, drink prices and everything and, and shockingly it was cheaper than House of Blues I was like well this is a welcome <laughs> you know event uh, but no it was really really good man I, I had a lot of fun and uh, I, I decided fuck it I'm, I'm not too old to go to shows by myself and you know how it is you go there I saw some people I knew you know you're always going to see fucking you know because it, it's a small knit of us that, that still like this shit you know, and we'll go out. Here, I, I'm telling you, man, me, maybe like six out of ten times, I go along the show. Six yeah. out of ten times, and I spend the night with a hundred different people, you know, uh, when oh. I get there. So it's like I drive there alone, I go back alone, but I hang out with like 30 people or something, you know, during the show. And, I, and you know, most times when bands are playing, I don't hang out with anybody. I kind of walk away from people when bands are playing because I want to not be disturbed. And I usually, you know, in club situations, I walk up close to the stage. I get very close and, you know, that way, eh, you know, I, I, I'm i at a concert. I know a lot of you out there are like, hey, like, you know, when, when I talked about Poison, that's a lot of them. Oh, I, I used to go to Poison show to pick up shit. You wouldn't find that at a thrash show. Well, guess what? In 2022, and you'll see it yourself, Ian, when you go see Death Angel, uh, Testament, and, and Exorcist, now hot chicks go to thrash shows, and Poison has soccer moms. And let me tell you, both are hot. I don't care. But I'm just saying, thrash shows have a lot of hot chicks now, not like the 80s. You know? And, you know, if you're going to go to Poison show to pick up a chick, why do you have to go inside? Here's how you pick up chicks at a Poison show. Number one, don't, don't disgrace yourself by seeing them, you know? 
stay outside. They come out drunk. You know? There you go. Why you gotta you go inside, you gotta work for it to get the chick. By the time the show's over, and they've been like fucking looking at Brett Brett's crotch all night, getting all wet behind the fucking the soccer <laughs> uh, panties. Uh, they're drunk as fuck. And they walk out and they wanna they they, they just wanna suck a dick, close their eyes and think it's Brett Michael. So you just fucking wait outside. You know, even Mark Allen Taylor, I heard, does that. You know, you don't make a lot of money, you know, shucking corn dogs. He just sits in his car and snorts fucking whiskey till the show's over, and then he runs out there and tries to pick him up. Did you see the latest one? Uh, I I saw that it was posted. I, I didn't get to watch it yet. Yeah. Is it snorting Jägermeister? He snorted Jägermeister, but this time he put a straw in each nostril. Oh, <laughs> And he's not, he's not a Jaeger meister, man. I put that uh, on that page. Yeah, the, the fucked up thing is he's going to be the next Taylor Hawkins doing this shit, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and, and I, you know, and not only will I feel bad for his children and his stepchildren, but, you know, there's a lot of people who go to Disneyland just to get corn dogs, and they're going to be shit out of luck that day. Are you uh, telling Mark has children? Uh, I, I know he has stepchildren. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think uh, the court chemi- chemically castrated him. Yeah, well, good good for the court. Let me tell you something. Because if Mark Dale was to have actual children, he'll be like us. And when we told people to burn Simon Hagar fans, remember when he said that? <laughs> so he's gonna be very influential. Them growing up, Norton Yeager might. That's probably that's probably how he's gonna die. Fuck that. One of his stepkids is gonna listen to this show and burn him alive. <laughs> While he's drinking Jägermeister, and that's just flammable. Yeah. Oh, an accident waiting to happen. Oh fuck. All right. Well, let's get in uh, back into the news. Uh, Jethro told Ian Anderson said he won't perform in Russia as long as Putin is the man in charge. And there's a lot of bands left and right that are. You know, canceling any appearances in Russia, and uh, I, I agree with that. Uh, like, would, would Thrasher die performing Cuba, or you know, or would you no, say well, no? We were offered a Cuba gig. Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. I swear to you, I'm not lying. We were offered to play Cuba. Now that Fidel was still alive, true. And you, and you um, turned it down? Yeah, of course. There were uh, other bands from my nephew that did play it. It was like a festival that the Cuban government was flying, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe it was a promoter. I know there was a promoter throwing money at a lot of the Miami bands to play over there, and they threw us. I don't know how much money it was. We were just asked, and they said it was a paying gig. And uh, not naming names, but one member of my band was very upset with me because that fucker loves money. I get it. I I wouldn't play there right now. Or St. Louis. <laughs> you know, because St. Louis is a is a big Sammy Hagar area. Oh, you're so, right. Yeah. So 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 fuck those people. Yeah, they I don't, don't play Russia. Yeah, they don't deserve my talent. Yeah. Oh god. All right. Well, uh Scorpions kicked off their Las Vegas residency. And uh man, I was looking at the set list. Oh god. Holy shit, was it bland as fuck. But I think they played the song that you said you wanted to hear if you saw them live. Was it, did you say Seventh Son? Well, that's my favorite off the new album. 
Okay, well, they played it. Well, cool. Hey, I'd go for that alone. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing I don't like, they had like a three-song break in the middle that was all fucking ballads. And I'm like, man, what, what a what a way to fucking bring the show down. Well, that is unless you go to the bathroom and finger bang a soccer mom. Yeah. It comes in very handy, that section of the show. Pizza skulls, bang, bang, say da, 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 da. <laughs> Plug her up and let's feed the fire. Oh, man. But, uh... I mean, there's some good stuff. Of course, there's no fucking 70s Scorpions. Uh, but it, it looks like a lot of greatest hits. But I would go simply for the fact that I've never, ever seen the Scorpions. Wow. Yeah. That's a disservice. Dude. Yeah, I know. Terrible. Yeah. You need to see them, dude. Even if you don't like this new album, you need to see them. Don't be doubly stupid and hate the new album and then not go see them. Just be yeah. sick and not liking the new album. Oh, no. Uh, I think a lot of times it just came down to, like, wherever I was living at the time, they weren't coming around. I think there was one time that they came to New Orleans, but I couldn't get off work. It was, like, middle of the week, and they were playing uh, a theater, you know, and I, I didn't like the venue because it was, like, seats. You know, it's like a place where you go see the fucking Beauty and the Beast on ice, you know? It wasn't a fucking... Yeah, I, I understand that, but when you see the Scorpions live, everything yeah. around you disappears, dude. Trust me, you won't notice all the inconvenient bullshit of the venue. Because yeah. the Scorpions, they rock. Yeah, yeah no. people give them shit because, remember, 10 years ago, they went on that farewell tour. Right. But, but they didn't go on a farewell tour. What they said... What they said is, we love to tour America, but they said it in German. And when you say that in German, it's pronounced farewell tour. <laughs> you didn't know yeah. that? No, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I should have asked uh, Terrence. He understands German a lot better than I do. Yeah, of course, man. He's a Nazi. <laughs> uh, Aerosmith drummer Joey Kramer to sit out the 2022 dates. That sucks. Yeah, you know, Joey Kramer... That motherfucker is so underrated. You know what I came to the conclusion of lately, uh, Ian? I have, I have now changed my favorite Aerosmith album. It is no longer Rocks. It is now Toys in the Attic. You know, the popular one. Dude, that guy's drumming, man. is is ridiculous. He's oh, so yeah. underrated. You know, it's the same thing with uh, Whitford. He's so underrated, but you know, Joey's a cute guy. You know, so yeah. and Tom Hamilton, God damn, that whole band is just like in the pocket killer musicians. Forget about the crappy music they've done in the future. Listen to Toys in the Attic. Listen yeah. to Get Your Wings. Listen to Rocks and uh, uh, Night in the Rust. That is one talented fucking band. Yeah, that's a band where you know the guys I love the most in the band are the three they don't talk about. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. but uh. Yeah, it's a it's a shame, but you know they're probably gonna be shitty set lists too. It's probably gonna be you know fucking seven ballads and shit. And I, I, I saw Aerosmith once and only once, and that was enough, enough for me. Unless they put out another fucking uh, you know get your wings, I, I think I'm good. Nah, man, I, I just uh, you know I, I I forgot who in the band said it. I think it was Whit first said we're not making no more albums. I'm like, yeah, dude, you know you've had enough shots, you know. 
And uh, yeah. just crap after crap. Yeah, it's, it's better to put the pen down and just go out there and be nostalgic guy. Well, Whit- Whitford was so pissed with the last album, uh, and, and rightfully so if you heard it. I mean, it was I terrible. I to hear it. But, uh, you know, he said, you know, fuck all these outside writers. Let's just get in a fucking room like we used to and write an album ourselves. And, uh, you know, the powers that be, you know, Tyler and Perry are like, no. It'll suck. It'll suck anyway, man. You get, you get that. Unless they go back to doing drugs, then there may be a shot. But Maybe. so Aerosmith is not good. No. No. But you know who is good, but unfortunately, they're not coming to New Orleans or Florida, uh, is Anvil. I would love to see fucking Anvil. Have you ever seen Anvil? Only once. No, twice. I went to that that Jersey uh, hurricane thing, and they headlined down here. Necromania, Ruben's band opened. It was a great show. Oh, oh no shit. Yeah, I smoked with... Uh, I love that guy. Yeah, I smoked with... I smoked weed with Rob and uh, Lips. Oh, I, I bet, man. Rob is a smoker. Holy shit. Yeah. And Rob. Yeah, and, and Lips. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to smoke with Lips, but yeah, Rob was high as a motherfucker. But yeah, that's that's unfortunate, man. I'd like to see them again before they hang it up, man. Great yeah. live band. If, if, if And they're playing a shitload of places, just not Louisiana or Florida. So if they're coming around... I bet you it's fucking cheap. Go. If you love metal, you will not be disappointed. They put on a great fucking show. All right. Well, let's see what else we got. Anything else interesting? Oh, Uh, uh, Skid Row. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I I knew we were going to get to that. Oh. All right. You and I have different takes on this because you want them to go away. I love Skid Row. I liked the Sandra. I did not like the live clips of ZP, so yeah. And then when I saw clips of this guy singing, I was like, shit, he's fucking, this guy's fucking awesome. He's incredible. Dude, he does Headless Cross. It's not easy to do that song. Hallow Be Thy Name. All these clips on YouTube on his channel. The guy's phenomenal. Well, then they released that new song. Already, already, the gang's all here. You know who also said that? Sammy Hagar. I was already like, oh, that's the name of the song. And then I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the name of the album, too? Then I heard the song. Oh. But I love the guy's voice still. I mean, the guy's screaming his ass off. He's got a great voice. So my fingers are crossed that the rest of the album's good. There's been a lot of positive feedback, though. A lot of people do like this new song, but eh. so then I don't know if you saw this. Then they opened those Scorpion shows in Vegas, right? And I watched the clip of them doing "Slave to the Grind," dude. That had to be the worst stage presence I ever saw in my life. Oh yeah, that, that's the one I watched as well. Oh, the way he was like flopping around like a chicken across the stage. <laughs> it was so plain. <coughs> <coughs> like, oh my God, somebody's got to talk to this guy and tell him, do not act like that on stage. I mean, I almost I almost missed Gary Sharon, almost. Ooh. When I saw that shit. Uh, it's almost that bad. I was like, oh. But he sang it well. I still have high, I, I have hopes that the album's awesome and the uh, guy's changes his fucking ways on stage, man. Jesus Christ. Well, uh... 
I, I gotta say, uh, <coughs> excuse me. I first watched the live performance of uh, Slave of the Grind. I thought it sucked. I, 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 thought, I mean, not that the guy can't sing, but to me, I, he's no fucking, he's no fucking Sebastian Bach. Uh, and he looks, he looks, what is he, 12? Uh, I mean, he, he looks like a fucking little kid up there, but I, I wasn't impressed with it. He did a good scream, I thought, at the end of the song. I thought was good, but I was just like, eh, I'm not, I'm not feeling this whatsoever. Well, but I'm like, I'm like let me, let, let me hear this, you know, gangs all here. And that was, that was so embarrassingly bad. I mean, can you believe how many people love it though? That's what shocked me. Man, that that shit made the first album sound like fucking Slayer. I heard some dude. There, there's lyrics in a song where he says something like. Tricky Miss Nikki. That's a line from one of those Skid Row songs off the first album. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what, I, I think Sebastian Bach is better off on his fucking own. And what what kind of assholes must this these guys be? You know, because everybody knows Bass seems like he would be like a real... I mean, Bass seems awesome one minute and like, God damn, could I be on a tour bus with this guy for fucking six months? You know, you go back and forth on that. But God damn it, he can he can still sing, and I think the solo music that he's put out is way better than what Skid Row's put out without him. And for you know Rachel Bolin always talking about how proud he is about his songwriting and all this shit. And if, if Gang's All Here is what he has to offer right now, get the fuck out of here with that shit. You That's know. another Skid Row song. Yeah, get the fuck out. I mean. It, it's retarded. And, and what's wrong with these guys that they're going through this many fucking singers? Oh yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting to think. You know, it's it's like the guy who's married five times. You know, or six times. You know, maybe it's you. You know. I think uh, maybe it's them. Come on, Sebastian Bach's to blame. I think they're all to blame. Sebastian Bach ain't no fucking innocent, dude. Snake himself admitted. He suffers mental issues like depression and shit like that. You yeah. really want Sebastian around you? Maybe it's not the payday they're refusing. It's maybe he, his mortality is on the line. You know, yeah. that Sebastian Bach back in the band. But yeah, they, they obviously, but look, bottom line, if you want to get technical, Skid Row is Snake and, and uh, Rachel. They're the ones that write the song. Uh, I heard it on the great podcast of Decibel Music. With Aaron Kamara and, and uh, Chris Sinzak. Uh, hey, you said it right. Yeah, man. They had Rachel on the show, and on the first Skid Row album, Sebastian Bach got writing credit for making a mess. Why did he get writing credit? Because he came up with the word Kalamazoo for the song. That's it. Kalamazoo is the only thing that he contributed to that song, was a fucking word. And he got a writing credit. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Right, but goddamn, I'll take, you know, the title track, the kicking and screaming, over anything that Skid Row's put out without fucking Sebastian. Uh, I, I think the best thing, uh, better than all Sebastian, and to me, Sebastian's best is uh, Angel Down. That album rules. Um, but uh, I'll take that those two last EPs over anything that uh, 
Sebastian's done, and I think it's the best thing they've done after subhuman race, you know? Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I can't fully comment because I, I never gave him the time of day. But... They're awesome. They're fucking awesome. All right. But th- that, 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 that was with uh, Salinger, wasn't it? Or, the, or, the, yeah. or wait a minute. The... Look, Salinger, I really loved him. I just didn't like him how he did the Sebastian songs. But when he did the songs he was involved with, that kicked ass live, man. Well, was it like the, the first EP with him and the second with Tony Harnell? No, they're both him. Oh, okay. All right. They're both him. And, uh, you know, and I thought there was like three great tracks on Thick Skin. Revolution Per Minute was a disgrace. That was terrible. Yeah. And they brought back Michael Wagner. And I was like, what the hell am I listening to? That was like, dude, are you guys stupid or what? It was piss poor. But then the EPs made up for it. I'm telling you, I love them fucking EPs. I just think stupid their EPs. Make that they both have the same goddamn title. World, yeah. Alien Chapter One, Chapter Two. You put them both together, it's a great fucking album, man. But uh, the gang's all here. That's the poison shit right there. That's terrible. Yeah. It, that's. Did, did you see uh, Brett Michaels' comment on the new album, on this song? Uh-uh. It, he he wrote. These fuckers be spitting. Oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. I, I tell you that the uh, the new Skid Row song makes the new Def Leppard song sound good. I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree. Not even a little bit, dude. I think they are equally suck suckage, dude. That Def Leppard song, dude. That sounds like one of those modern pop country songs. It sounds like Shania Twain could have sang that shit. <laughs> Do you want to get kicked? Dude, oh my god. I don't, dude, that song is as bad as I want to get around. But then, you know, I had a guy tell me this on uh, on so- social media say, hey man, you haven't reviewed the new Leopard song. I go, dude, why? I mean, <laughs> they haven't been good since they've had 10 arms. Whatever the fuck Death Leopard releases today, it, it's not shot, it's shocking if it was good. But if it's a shit song, dude, what's it been now? It's like 34 years? When's Hysteria came out? 88? 87. <laughs> yeah, it's like 34 years, right? Didn't I get that right? Hey, anyway. I, I, I'm not here to do math. Well, yeah, me neither. It's, 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 uh, ever since Hysteria, like, I've been over three decades of them releasing crap after crap after crap that when they release a song like this and you listen to it, you're like, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. But I saw people love that shit too. There were people loving on that shit. I was like, okay, whatever. To me, I'm not into this. You know, I see a lot of people bitch about, oh, country music is shit now because, you know, because it's pop with your, you know, Shania Twain. What's that really popular blonde blonde girl now? Uh, uh, Carrie Underwood? No, she's very popular. The blonde skinny girl. Oh, whatever. But uh, they, they uh, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like modern country crap, you know? And no, I, I don't think it's worse than the new Skid Row song, but I don't think it's better either. I think they're what and what, man. They both suck. Bring back Pete Willis. Hey, wait a minute, is he dead? No, Pete Willis is a real estate agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, every time that, they, that he sells a house, this happens every time that... Uh, People that buy the house going, so when are we going to meet the real estate agent? And he's like, <laughs> I'm down here. I'd buy, that, 
I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> that guy's got riffs. All right, well, enough of this bullshit. Let's get to the album we're talking about this week. And uh, this one is thanks to, let me see if I pronounce this right, Daniel Bogdan. I hope it's Bogdan or Bogdan. I think it's Bogdan. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Bogdan. Daniel Bogdan. Uh, he picked the third album from Ghost, the third studio album, Meloria. I, I hope I'm saying that right. I think it's Melanora. Okay, whatever. Whatever, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, why can't they call it Fred? Something I can fucking pronounce, you know? I know, man. I can't pronounce that second album. I, I have a shockingly low IQ. <laughs> yeah. Did you read our comment from earlier? <laughs> We're impressively low. Impressively low. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the third album from Ghost. And, uh... This is what I, I'm happy to do a ghost review. I wish somebody would have picked the first album. Uh, I don't. I don't feel they've ever uh, topped that first album. But uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I saw you had a video out for uh, for a review of the new album, and I, I started to watch it. But I was like, you know what? I I want to listen to it before I watch the video. And I listened to the album. Now I got to go back and watch your video. So. I, I, I don't know what you think of it, but man, I, I run really hot and cold on Ghost. Uh, man, when that first album came out, I was like, yeah. I mean, there was so many bands that I thought had a retro feel that came out at that time that I was just huge on. I was like, oh, finally, something for me. Because you had you had Ghost, you had Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats, you had Orchard. You had all these bands that had kind of kind of a retro vibe, but doing their own spin on it. And uh, I was loving them all. I was like, oh, okay, after fucking, you know, new metal and fucking all this other shit, I was like, oh, I, I could get on this trend. But, you know, but then Ghost had the whole kiss factor going, you know, because they had the makeup and, and the show and everything. But I think out of all three of those bands, Ghost is the one that lets me down the most because I, I think they have incredible potential but man, are they chasing the fucking radio? They they want to get on that Volbeat tour they're on now, and uh, I, I wish they would just kind of just stay true to that to that first album sound, you know. But a lot of people are like, yeah, well, the band has to evolve and has to do this. But you know, if I like a band that's good, that's all I ask is stay good, you know, and don't don't chase fucking radio. Especially in this day and age, there's no MTV, you know. There's there's no fucking radio, you know. Do do what you want, man. but I don't know. I I feel they they they're chasing. Do the what thou wilt. Yeah, yeah. Do what thou wilt. Do thou wilt. We gotta throw a little Alice Crowley in this fucking show. Right. But uh, but no, I, I buy every album. I've I've seen them three times, and they put on. An incredible show. I mean, if you get a chance to see Ghost, by all means, go. Uh, I mean, it's just very entertaining. I think they sound really good live. You've seen them before, right? Yeah, I've seen them three times as well. Right, right. And did you say you liked them live or you didn't? Oh, I loved them live. Okay, right on. 
Right on. Well, this is one you were telling me earlier before we started recording that you hadn't listened to it in a while, and uh, neither did I, which is kind of funny because, you know, you know, a couple of these songs are amongst my favorites in the Ghost catalog, but I hadn't listened to this in a while. Uh, but this is something I bought right away when it came out. I've got it on vinyl, and uh, yeah, I was waiting for this one. I was hoping for a return to form because the second album... I'll try to butcher that. Uh, Infesta Stacy, I don't know what the fuck it's called. Yeah, whatever you said. Yeah. Uh, that one, I didn't like it at first. Now, I've grown to love it a lot more. A lot more. And shit, well, you know, one of my uh, year zero is, you know, in my top three ghost songs of all time. Uh, so I like it a lot more now than I, than I initially did. Um, but this one, I was like, I, I got so excited when I heard the first single, but then when I got the album, I was like, eh, but other shit's grown on me, but other shit is, you know, it's the kind of stuff that, uh, what does turn me off about Ghost. Uh, you know, I, they're one of those bands, like I fell in love with them when they were, uh, you know, when they were hotter than hell, you know, when they were dressed to kill, but they keep putting out dynasties. And, and unmasked and that's not to say that i don't like dynasty and unmasked but that's not what i wanted out of kiss you know and this lately what they're putting out isn't necessarily what i want out of ghosts but i i keep sticking around and i keep buying them but were you into them at this point i mean did you get this when it first came out no i gave up on ghosts after the first album i loved the first album i hated the second one and um uh, this one, I, I don't know if even I heard it, to tell you the truth, because I just gave up on it. I got back into Ghost with, um, uh, that, uh... Prequel or prequel? You know, even, um, even before that, um, uh, Popestar. When I heard, oh, when I yeah. heard Square Hat. Okay. I was like, damn, this is awesome. So I got Popestar, and man... The cover they do from a band called, because I don't even know the song, and I did listen to the original, a song called Bible from a band called Imperit, I think something like Imperinant or something like that. Yeah, oh, I'd, I'd never heard of them either. Oh, fuck that cover, man. So I fell in love with Ghost again, so I went back. And I still, dude, I love Monster's Clock, Year Zero, but that's about it. But this one, oh man. Then I went to this one. I love this fucking album, dude. This album is fucking incredible. But it's not all killer, no filler. But it's an incredible fucking album. Religious, dude. This shit, look, and, and yeah, you know, I'll tell you right now, I fucking love this new Ghost album. I love prequel. I love, all right, my favorite Ghost album is the first one. It is. But I love this pop, uh, this pop direction they're taking because it reminds me a lot of ABBA. It's like hard rock ABBA. And you know how I feel about ABBA. It yeah. reminds me of like, it's these infectious melodies, like what ABBA does. And like, you know, I know it's trendy for me to say, but my favorite ABBA song is Dancing Queen, believe it or not. And the reason I love that song so much is that one section 
where it says, you can dance, you can die, having the time of your life. The way it's structured, that's what Ghost does. They do all this infection melodies and where they throw things around a little bit, where it zigzags with melodies. It's fucking unbelievable. And I think it really started with this album. Now, this is where they started to take the pop root more. Uh, the first album, it's to me, it's like an anomaly. It's like, I don't think they can take it any further. And I saw an interview with uh, Tobias, and he said the re reason why the next album took so long, that Imperial, um, was because he wanted to, he, he consciously wanted to do something different. He didn't want to be, you know, uh, like a one-trick pony. You know, and then he took it further than that. But the first one, it's weird, man. And, you know, I, I, I'm so into Ghost now that I own everything I'm buying. I bought even that second album just to have it. I'm a completist. And I still give it chances. But this one, I got a lot of good things to say about. I love this album. Right on. Well, th this one, uh, like the other two, is a concept album. The, the first one was about the coming of the Antichrist. Uh, and the second one was about the presence of the Antichrist. And they said the main theme of this is the, the absence of God. And that the lyrics deal with the void that happens when there is no God, when there is no one to help you. But even then, there's always some fucker that will give you guidance. And the band is basically portrayed as the religious party that comes in there with a guiding hand. So... Uh, you know, that's kind of the theme of this one. I mean, every you know, the the new one I think they said is the theme, uh, is a theme of decaying empires. Uh, you know, so I, I like that they have a. You know, it's it's not like the wall or anything like that, but it, it's a little bit more cohesive than the fucking elder. But uh, there's a lot I like about this band. But I just, to to me, they need Andy Sneap. They need Andy Sneap. They need some more drugs, and they need to get the old band back together, uh, in, in my opinion, because they've been switching a lot of these unnamed ghouls, and I think the ones they had in the beginning, you know, are a lot more influential than, you know, everybody knows Tobias, and that's it, you know. But to me, they just, they keep getting lighter and lighter, and, and I want that darkness that heaviness that they had before but there's still even even the the new ones man uh i listened to the new album and the first three songs i thought were just horrible absolutely fucking horrible i hated and i hated that one that was on uh halloween kills uh i forget the name of that one hollowed moon or whatever oh my oh, god I thought, that's a great song What's uh, oh i thought it was I thought it was terrible, but then, uh, then I heard that little sunshine and it sucked me right back in. I'm like, Ooh, now this is the ghost, you know, that I know and love, but you know, but I have changed opinions on ghost down. So I'm not giving up on the new one yet, but you know what? I don't have it on vinyl yet. Like, you know, I, I pre-ordered prequel, you know, and I, I still like that one, but Oh my God, when they, that dance macabre song i cannot fucking stand that that's the kind of shit from ghost that i just i just want to throw up you know and to me it's just so fucking bad but then there's a song like rats 
that I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah, I love this shit. So I'm very torn on them, but that's why I would put them like third behind Orchard. Well, who knows what the fuck happened to Orchard, man? They they lost their drummer. They haven't put out an album in I don't know how many fucking years. Yeah, no, I, I think, I don't know. I, I Uncle Acid to me fucking just slays these guys. But I, I'm still a fan. And I, you know, like I said, if they come around live, I, I'm going to see them. That's for goddamn sure. But uh, it appears you're very excited to talk about this one. So why don't you take the first song, Spirit? Um, spooky Scooby-Doo intro on this one. And uh, I remember this one when it came out, and I fucking hated it. You know, but it has grown on me, and I do like it now. Actually, I think it's an awesome song, actually. Uh, but it does get both better and worse on this album. But it's a good song. It's a good opener. Um, I dig it. What do you think? I like this one. I, I think it's a good doomy opener. This one reminds me of the first album. Like, I, I could totally see this on there, you know. And listening to it today, which it's been a while since I've listened to this album, it's an entirety. There, there's a couple songs that I always play off this album, but I'll just, like, cherry pick it. Um, whereas, like, the first album I'll play from start to finish. But, uh, no, da- damn good song, and I think it fits in with the ghost that I like. But then we go into the next one, which I believe was the first, uh, no, second single, second single. From the Pinnacle to the Pit. Oh, man, do I love this. Now, this, again, this is ghost through and through. This is why I fell in love with this band. Great riff, great gloomy, doomy, scary feeling to this one. Nah, I mean, that's scary, but you know what I mean? It's just eerie. Uh, I love it. Definitely a standout track on this. Probably, yeah, definitely my top three on the album absolutely love it what do you think oh yeah it's my third favorite um you know i love how you know they they can get like this heavy you know it's like a real heavy thing but it still has that you know melodic texture i saw a ghost nerd uh say about this song that um how did did you say he said uh it's played on the sixth fret a certain part of the song is played on the sixth fret three times in a row. So the tab spells 666. <laughs> Coincidence? I think. But I love it. I love that that bass intro. And it's just a little spooky keyboards in it. It's fucking awesome. I love it. Alright, I'll go to the next one with this which is called Cerise. Am I pronouncing that right? Cerise. I have no idea. Is it is it? You know, Cyrus is it? Is it Cerise? I have no fucking idea. It's not Cyrus because the whole that whole song you don't hear him say, "Can you dig it?" Not once. So it's definitely not Cyrus. Oh, okay, all right. Um, but uh, this song won a Grammy, but don't hold it against it because it's phenomenal. Uh, it's my second favorite uh, track on here, you know, and I love you know the heaviness, but that mellow break. Where he says, can you see that you're lost? Can't you see that you're lost without me? Da-da-da. God, it's so fucking cool. And you know, and I love that, you know, I can feel the thunder in your heart. It's breaking and that shit's fantastic, man. Just in lo- the video, holy shit. Oh man, is it good. 
dude, it's like a little talent show at a high school with these little kids. And it's shot so awesome, you know? And, you know, because uh, of this song, I didn't know I had dyslexia because I always thought it was called Circle. <laughs> I thought it was, too, when I first saw it. I don't know. You're stupid, stupid like me. I know. It's impressively low IQ we have. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're impressive. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, dude, this song rules. Rules. And there's still even a better song on here, which I don't know. My prediction is probably one of the songs you don't like. Uh, let's keep yeah. going. What do you think of uh, Cerise? Yeah, knowing you, uh, probably is one of the ones I hate. Because uh, to me, there's there's nothing that even comes close to this one. Holy fuck, is this this? You know, this is some stargazer shit. You know, <laughs> this this is amazing. Um, blown away when I first heard this, and the same thing with the video. I was like, oh. Perfect. What what a great, you know, to have a song this epic, you know, and to have a video that was just went perfect with it. Um, you know, you know, you know. At the end of the video, when that guy stands up and claps. Yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I always thought that was Tobias, because remember at that time nobody knew what Tobias looked like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered too. Yeah. And and, and that's a thing. And, and man, they had all these great videos, and then they would have like those. Little little videos with the old lady talking and stuff every time they had an album coming out, you know, they talking still, about they still use her. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, the marketing behind these guys, it's like Kiss. Oh my God, you know, I just I wish I wish they had more music to back it up, but uh, you know, Kiss doesn't either, so you know, can't hold that against them. No, no, hey, hey, Ian, Kiss is now seventeen on my list. Yes. Nice. I put, I put Ghost over Kiss now. Nice. Yeah, and if, if you go see him live, you will too. Uh, because incredible performers, great stage show, great stage presence, and they do sound amazing. Uh, but yeah, this song is a fucking masterpiece. And then it goes into Spooksonaut. I don't know. Who fucking knows? It's got the little umlauts on it. They're from another country. I don't even think they know how to pronounce this shit. I think they do it just to fuck with us uh, impressive IQ motherfuckers. Um, but I, I, I don't I don't get this one at all. I don't, I don't get... This isn't... This is a pointless little ditty that uh, isn't a real song. You know, just, just tack it on to the next song. I, I, I don't know. You know, sometimes I've heard of bands being required uh, to have so many tracks on an album. You know, and maybe maybe that's why they do shit like this because they can't think of another song and they're just like, okay, we'll call this something separate. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's not, you know, it's not the hell yet. You know what I mean? It's not something that stands on its own. You know, it's no Laguna fucking Sunrise. It's just 50 seconds sex... 50, yeah, 56 seconds of some fiddle faddle on the fucking guitar. Fiddle uh, Yeah. <laughs> you know, our Look, man, our our podcast should have, I mean, you know, what what was it again? Um, pod liquid, pod whatever the fuck. That shit was great what you came up with last time. Pod, pod, pod fluid. Yeah, pod fluid. <laughs> and if there was no pod fluid, I would have said, hey, fiddle faddle's cool. <laughs> Well, I don't give a frog's fat ass what you call this. It's just, it's just a little noodling. It's not even a real song. 
But, uh, you know, not offensive. But you know, let's not call it a song, okay? What do you think? Well, first, before I tell you what I think of this, uh, think of this, Ian. Uh, mull it over. What do you think we change the name of our podcast to Pod Liquid in the Fiddle Faddles? <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang, physical. <laughs> in parentheses. You think it was a tongue twister now. <laughs> and, and, and then everybody does an ID. We'll be like, now say da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. Yeah, spooks or not. All right. The next song I know how to pronounce this shit is Spook Fluid. <laughs> it, it's a little instrumental. And you know, I didn't notice this till today while listening to this. If you get that little instrumental and beef it up, that's exactly what he did at the very end of Rats. Listen to the end of Rats. It's this, but beefed up. It's the same goddamn song, which I thought, oh, because I was like, wait a second, that's, isn't that part of Rats? And I had to go put on Rats, and yeah, he took that little instrumental and he tacked it on at the end of Rats. I don't well, mind that, it. That's where it belongs then. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, me, I don't mind it though. It's like you know, it's um, uh, it's you know, it's you need, you need something to intro the genius, greatest fucking song on this album. Oh, it's definitely in my top five. I told you you weren't gonna like it, yeah. but but let me let me get into how much I love it. Now, <clears throat> I love. I think it's a genius song. He is. I love how he made this sound like every contemporary Christian song out there until you listen closely to the lyrics. You know, and, and the, dude, again, I think this guy's a fucking genius with the line. He is the disobedience that holds us all together. And, you know, it's, it's definitely like the most emotional song about Satan I've ever heard. You know? I hear this song and I imagine the devil sitting there wiping his eyes saying, Oh, fellas. <laughs> oh, oh, shucks. Oh, shucks, fellas. <laughs> this song is so awesome that even God has it on his playlist. Let me tell you. And that Jim Jones-like video. Holy shit, that's awesome. All these hot-ass chicks at the Satan Bible thumpers. You know? And uh, I, it's, this song is just fucking... Oh, I, I I don't know. It's about like being burned alive during the end of the world, you know. It's you know, it's, it's but to a little ballad and you know, it's hands down, hands down, my favorite song off this album and definitely my top five of greatest corn so, uh corn. <laughs> <laughs> what? Corn dog songs. Uh, Eat another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. But the only complaint I do have about this song is that it's not 17 hours long. Ugh. What do you think? This this song is so pussy that fucking Mark Alden Taylor loved it until he found out it was about Satan. <laughs> he thought it was about <laughs> Sam. Yeah. Yeah. He is the greatest front man. Um, yeah. Does, I like it lyrically. I, I do, I do love the lyrics to it. I, you know, I do love what it's saying, but the delivery, and uh, it, it's just, it, it's too foo foo for me. Uh, I, I give this one a hard, 
hard fucking pass. And from here on out, this album takes a pretty big nosedive for me. But there is another one that kind of saves it. But no, I am not uh, a fan of He Is. And I've seen him play it live and I felt the same. But I'll take the next song, Mummy Dust. Uh, I think this song has a really nice chug to it, you know? But I don't think there's a song there to back it up. I, I, I think they should have worked on this a little bit more. I, I think they had something and 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 gave up, you know? If, if they put a little more work into this motherfucker, a little bit more elbow grease, I think they would have had something. But where they leave it, it's a nice chug, but not nothing nothing more what do you think well i this is one of their popular songs and musically there are some awesome elements you know i hear some thrashing sections but for some reason the song does not connect with me fully it's not horrible uh and i'll admit there are times i skip it uh it's interesting but just not a song i can stand behind so forgive me metrothopolis or whatever those new names Satan uses. I'm not really a fan of Money Dust, and it is a very popular one with the Ghost fans. But yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like it because everybody seems to like this one. Yeah. So there you well, go. Everybody else likes he is too. So. Well, there you go. Sure, yeah. And don't forget, memory remains. Oh yeah. Oof. I have to bring that back up. But then you know we have. Uh, oh, what's that song? trying to think of that one song oh without you Motley Crue I like that yeah see that proves that we are very impressively low impressively low impressively low all right Majesty's the next song and this song to me is the one that sounds like it could have been on the first album uh, and uh it's a song I really didn't get into till like three four listens I get it now you know uh the sinister vibe is just right, man. And the theatric buildup and the guitar solo and the end is just masterful. One of the most well-composed pieces of music, I think, in their canon. See what I did there, Ian? In yeah. their canon. Uh, it's deeply dark and angelic at the same time. I dig it. I like magic. Ma- majesty, what do you think? Well, yours truly does not feel the same. Uh, uh, I, I don't hate. I don't hate this song. Uh, it's it's not bad, but it's not great. Maybe if I, you know, listen to this three times in a row, maybe I would I would change my opinion. But it just didn't really. It didn't really grab me. But you know, it could be what it's following. Because uh, sometimes you get into that rut in an album. If you hear like two or three songs in a row that you don't like. You know, you can go one or two ways. Either you can hear something that's really not that good and think it's great because, you know, compared to what you just heard, or you could just be, like, tuned out at this point. So, you know, you're kind of, you're listening, but you're not listening. And that's that's kind of how I felt with this one. Nothing that, that stuck out, you know, was horrible, but nothing that, like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, this wouldn't be a song I would cherry pick. I would only hear this if I was listening to the album as a whole. But then we go into the next instrumental, Devil Church. Now, this one, unlike Spook Sonata or Spokena, whatever the fuck, Ghost Sonata, uh, 
I, I dig this one. I, I feel it has an atmosphere. I feel it has a vibe. Uh, I, w- I would justify this, in my grand opinion, as an instrumental, a- as a song. I-, I love the feel of it. I-, I think it's really cool. What do you think? Uh, I think this one's front-loaded. I think it's really good, but it just goes nowhere. But the part that's really good, you know, it- it's weird because, um, yeah, well, I don't know if you know this, but this was supposed to be the intro to Cerise. Oh, really? Yeah, it was supposed to be the intro to it, and then Tobias at the end said, no, you know what? No. So he made it a separate track. Ah, But uh, as I said, I I think it's really good, but then it just kind of, it's like a really good movie with a horrible ending. It just thuds out, I think. Uh, Anyway. Anyway, so a- Absolution, uh, I love this one. You know, it's so strange, but this song makes me nostalgic for something that never happened. <laughs> it's weird. It makes no sense, but it, it's how I feel. Maybe it's subliminally something. You know, it, it just reminds me of something from the past, you know? And that breakdown of the piano and synthesizer kind of... Rem- Did you hear my list there? <laughs> Let me try that one again. Simplified. <laughs> that was that was a heavy duty list. Suffering Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. I need to suck a cock already. Come on. <laughs> what do you mean need to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to. Again. Uh, but let me tell you, man. This song. Uh, it, it's just I love that little early seventies. It, uh, I mean, late 70s, early 80s, kind of rock music vibe, but can't pinpoint what song or artist that is. Uh, but uh, it's like, um, it's kind of, I guess it's a little bit like Love Lies Bleeding from Elton John, but it's not. <laughs> what the fuck am I saying here? Whatever. <laughs> All hail the man with many names. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Tommy Chong. <laughs> Leo Sayer. Yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I like it. I like it a lot. But you know what I will say, man? I mean, it is a front-loaded album. I mean, so he is. All the other songs are not as good as what came before. But Absolution's probably the best one out of them all. I well, I would agree with you there. And this is where the album really picked back up for me. And this is one... I don't remember this fucking song at all. I mean, when I was listening to this for my notes, like, I'd never heard this one before. And I, this is number three in in my top three songs for the album. I really, really dug this. But Ghost does that, you know? Get these albums and they they lose me for a while with this fucking foo-foo shit, you know? And then then there's a song with a hook or, you know, a certain melody or creepiness to it that just fucking sucks me right back in and uh this one definitely did it i really really love this track and this is one you know after doing this i would cherry pick this one i'd be like yeah i want to hear that absolution but then we go into the last proper song on this album there is a bonus track i don't know if you know or or have but uh now the the song that's the end the album is deus and absentee and to me, what a fucking limp-wristed way to fucking end the album. 
uh, I, I'd rather have absolution at the end. I mean, I don't know if it fits in story-wise. I didn't read the fucking lyrics. You know, it moves me or it doesn't. This song does not move me. It uh, doesn't grab me. There's no hook. There's no, uh, you know, vocal melody that impresses the shit out of me. It's, it's just a, a sad way to end the album, in my opinion. What do you think of Deus and Absentina? You know what that, that means? You know what that's translated? You don't know? No. Bang, bang, pizza skulls. <laughs> you. Da, 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 da. I love it, man. I mean, I, as I said, it's not as powerful in the beginning, and Absolution is better. But I love that quote of the Inferno in the end. You know, to me, it's powerful in the context of the song. You know, I, I wouldn't mind this song playing if the world was on fire. As, as long as the song is playing, you know. I love how detailed the song is, too, with the church music chants added to the end. Uh, it's it's just very inventive to me. I, I dig it. You know, but, you know, it's fair. I, I, I wouldn't say I love it, but I think it's a very interesting track. I, I dig it, but I, I don't love it. I don't love it as much as uh, whatever the fuck you were goofing. Oh, he is. Yeah. Well, on on your vinyl or whatever you played this on, uh, does it have the track Zenith? No, so I'm sorry. Okay, well, there, there was many editions of this release. There was a Best Buy that had uh, a couple of uh, live tracks on it. There was a there was a deluxe edition that came with the Pope Star EP. Uh, One and a half. Yeah, there was uh, the Meloria Redux version, or Redu, that had the track Zenith plus the Popestar EP, and then there was a limited LP that had Zenith and uh, Cersei, or whatever the fuck it is, radio edit. But anyway, uh, since you haven't heard this song, I'll give my thoughts on it. Uh, to me, yup, it's a bonus track. Uh it, it sounds like something that doesn't fit. This is something that they started doing uh, for the second album. And they, they weren't getting the the sound or the feel that they wanted out of it. And then they re-recorded it again for this album. But in my opinion, wisely took it off. It, it doesn't fit. Uh, it's not a standout fucking track. Uh, you know, even, even the songs that I don't like off this album, I think fit better on the album than this song so I, I totally get why it's a bonus and I don't feel it's necessary but that is our review uh, this album was released August 21st 2015 uh, produced by Klaus Omlund I don't know apparently I, I, I think he's a big producer over in Sweden or Switzerland or whatever one of those countries that is neutral um and and I, I believe he's known as more of a pop producer than than a rock producer and they, they've done that a couple times they've used pop producers versus rock producers which i i get i guess if you're trying to cross over works but i would really you know get, get andy sneak get fleming rasmussen for christ's sake you know he probably lives next door to you you know, I would love to see these guys with a little bit harder edge. I mean, I, you know, keep the melody, keep 
you know, the shit that makes you ghost, but, you know, fucking tough it up a little bit, you know? Take some fucking testosterone and a little less estrogen. But, uh, you know, that's what I think. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. It debuted at number eight on the U.S. charts, so uh, good for them. The, the newest album debuted at number two, their, their highest, so, you know, they're gaining traction, you know? But unfortunately, I think most of it's with the hot topic crowd, you know, and those kind of kids and stuff. You know, people who listen to Volbeat and shit like that. But uh, you know, there's a lot of metalheads that like them too. You know, like the like the guy who picked this. You know, and and I like him. I'm a fan. Like I said, if they come around live, go see. I would even go to that horrible tour with Volbeat, and I would leave after Ghost was done because Volbeat. Ghost is opening. Uh, it's a co-headline tour, but I believe. Uh, Ghost goes on first because Volbeat Volbeat's got bigger sales in the U.S. Well, I, saw, I saw Volbeat with uh, Metallica, and that shit sucked. Yeah, I was not a fan. I, I heard some stuff about him, and some of the stuff I heard in the beginning was was fairly positive. And I was like, huh, you know, let me check it out. And uh, I listened to a couple tracks, and I nope, no. I big, was I was big. pissed off once when um. Volby played the Fillmore, which is just blocks from where I used to live. Yeah. And I found out Hank Sherman was in the band at the time. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, I was like, fuck, if I would have known that, probably wouldn't, you know, I would have looked into it, probably hated it, but I would have hung out in the back because you film where you can meet the band. Yeah. But I ended up meeting Hank Sherman anyway in 99. But it still, would have gone. You know? uh, what Wasn't Hank Sherman the same one who had the band Fate? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I think of Volbeat. Yeah, Fate was fucking terrible. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, Hank Sherman was in the band, and I could be wrong, but I believe Volbeat has a song that features King Diamond. I think. They they might, because I think they're from over there. But uh, uh, one of those bands, surprisingly big, but I, I have no idea why. I think because it's harmless. You know, it's just it's harmless, like it's this generation's creed you know it's it's just blase fucking radio rock you know perfectly it was blase watching yeah uh, dude they were so bad i even thought avenge sevenfold was better and that was no big wow yeah boy avenge sevenfold that's a band i i did like one song that they had i think it was called bat country and it wasn't like my normal thing like i shouldn't be liking this but i i like this song and i bought the album and it's it's i think i listened to it once it was so bad it was so like fucking what the fuck did i just spend my money on yeah there. well they did play one song i like they had a song something like living in a nightmare or it's like a nightmare or something like that i like that but that was the only thing i liked on that show right can you believe Mike Portney threw away his whole career for that band. I know. Terrible. Right? <laughs> Terrible. And then they kicked him out. Yeah. Oh, God. Karma's a motherfucker. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. And, Ralph, I know better than to even ask you. Hey, uh, I have a new intro for Pick of the Week. <laughs> do you? It's Pick of the Week, the only time that it's okay to say Ian and Ralph. <laughs> like that. I like that. I like that. How do you do that every week? I, I, I take it where I get it. Uh, well, and, and to buy you extra time, I have two picks this week. Uh, I have an album and a documentary 
And spoiler alert, uh, it's on a band that we are going to be reviewing in the near future because it is a fan paid episode. Uh, I got a feeling you might hate this band. But uh, Life of Agony, River Runs Red. Yeah, I liked Ugly. I thought that was a good album. Really? See, I hate. I I I thought Ugly was way too pop. It was too commercial. You compared. just hate it because you're pretty. Yeah, yep. Uh, but River Runs Red, I fucking loved. A buddy of mine, uh, my best friend, got it, and I think he got it because he had read something about him and Josh Silver from Typo Negative produced the record. And they're an East Coast band, and he's obsessed with East Coast bands. Um, I hadn't heard anything about them, and I absolutely loved it. But, man, it is a depressing fucking album about suicide and about, you know, child abuse and, you know, mental abuse. And it, it is not a fun listen. But what I love about it is it's real. It's not premeditated. Uh, it's hip to be depressed, kind of wham wham shit, you know, that I complain about with bands like fucking Corn uh, uh, and who's that other really, really bad, Linkin Park and shit like that, where I think it's manufactured depression because it's trendy, you know? Oh, daddy, oh, daddy. I hated that shit in the late 90s, early 2000s, all that wham wham shit. But this is some real fucking shit. And it's really fucking depressing, but it's heavy. Uh, I think, I, I wouldn't want to say, I mean, it, I think fans of Typo and Biohazard, but not to say that it sounds like those, but, you know, came out in the same area, but all East Coast bands and stuff. But it it's real. And when you listen to it, you don't feel like it's fake. It's definitely not made for the fucking radio. Uh, these were some troubled fucking kids uh, that wrote this shit, and I, I think it's there, there's you know it's very cathartic. You could listen to it, you know, and fuck if this motherfucker's still alive, what the fuck am I crying about, you know? Uh, and and I think it rocks. And I just saw earlier this week a documentary about Life of Agony, and you know they're kind of it's kind of a joke on Blabbermouth because. The lead singer is transgender, or, you know, he's a woman. I know he's got tits and he takes estrogen. I don't know if he chopped his dick off or whatever. But uh, the documentary was just fascinating. I mean, it was really, again, and, and just like River Runs Red, very depressing, very sad to see how these fuckers grew up and what they dealt with and went through. And I know there's going to be a lot of people... Uh, you know, can't take the transgender shit and that's immediately going to turn them off and, you know, all I can say is, you know, sorry for you because if, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I understand that shit or it makes sense to me because it doesn't. But I don't begrudge this person for, hey, do what the fuck you want to do, whatever, as long as you don't hurt nobody else, I don't give a fuck what anybody does. <clears throat> I, 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 don't, I, I don't understand it but I understand that it's real to this person and the pain they went through. And if they're happier now, fucking Dave bless them. What, what do I give a shit? You know, I'm gonna live my life. You live yours. Don't hurt nobody else. Uh, but it's a fascinating documentary. Very, again, very sad, 
but it's real. That's what I love about it. There's nothing fake, nothing manufactured. No, like, you know, it's it's hip to be sad, you know. It's just a real fucked up story. And I think I think it's an amazing documentary, not only as, as a hard rock or a band documentary, but just, man, these, these motherfuckers had a fucked up childhood, man. But they made music about it. You know, instead of just sitting there, they made music about it. And they're all still alive. I think it's awesome. The name of the documentary is The Sound of Scars. Um, yeah, where can I see this? Uh, I I don't know if it's available for... Per- you know me, I'm a fucking pirate, so, you know, I, I got I think, this shit. I think that stuff, too, you're not a pirate. Okay, well, check, check out The Sound of Scars. See if you can find that. If not, I can send it to you on Dropbox. All right, but I, I just want to say uh, what you were saying about transsexuals. I, too, share your philosophy, but there is just one thing on all transsexuals that I really would like. You know, I would like every transsexual out there, live your life and everything, but the one thing I ask is I do not want to feel teeth. You know what I'm saying? Few do. Few do. All right. And 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 stop taking my bathrooms, because I, yeah. I think I, I think at, at you know where I work, somebody is transitioning. And hey, have at it, have fun. But now they've taken over men's bathrooms and made them all gender. And I get it because you can't do that with a women's restroom because, you know, there's no urinal. Right. But you know, you know now now I lose a men's room, you know. I don't know. But, Damn, yeah. Archie Bunker here. Yeah, I don't give a fuck where anybody pisses or shit, but when I got a shit, I got a shit, you know? Yeah, I don't uh, want to smell none of that transgender shit. No, I don't care about it, but it, it's it's like now, you know, I, I got to share it with somebody else. Yeah. And, 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 and because because of it being a all-gender bathroom, there's a lock on it, you know? So it's like, you know, if somebody's taking a dump, I can't go in and use the fucking urinal if I got to piss, you know, because, you know, I could be walking in on a, you know, a, a lady thing. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, like I, I wish them no ill will, but it, can, can I have my own Wadzilla bathroom? You know, I'm, I have an impressively low IQ. Can I get an impressively low <laughs> IQ shitter? You know, I, I, then I, I, I'll drop it, you know. Uh, I don't care. I, I seriously don't care about your whole bathroom situation, but mainly it's because I don't work there, Ian. Yeah, yeah, good for you. Good yeah. for you. Lucky if you. I did, if I did, I, I would care, but I do not care. <laughs> well, do you have a pick of the weekend, sensitive prick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I actually even went on Google for this to look up the guy's name. It's not a music pick this week. I just want to praise an actor. By the name of Tony Dalton. You know who he is? Tony uh, Dalton. Not ringing a bell. <clears throat> He's a, I have, I, he plays the greatest bad guy I've ever seen in my life. In Tito? That, <laughs> no, Tito's close. He's his cousin, Lalo Salamanca. See, Tito's, uh, Tuco you're talking about. Tuco. Yeah, Tuco. Tuco is scary and violent and crazy. Where Lalo, this dude, He's like cool and collective and he's nonchalant and he smiles and he's your best friend. He's like Satan. But the way he fucking acts though, he's unbelievable. His, his, uh, it's Lalo Salamanca, but his name is Tony Dalton. I have never seen an actor 
play a bad guy as amazing as this dude. You know who tight, plays the tight, 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 tight. But you know who's also amazing? I don't know if you've seen this. I might as well do this. Has two picks of the week with two actors. Who I would put a second place as the greatest bad guy I've ever seen. You ever seen Billy Joe? What's his name? Billy J from Slave Blade. What's that guy's name? Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton, the role he played in that TV show Fargo. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen the TV show. I've heard great things oh, about it. Oh, man. You got to see Billy Bob on that shit. That shit's amazing. But Tony Dalton is amazing. And I just found out that this guy had a series on HBO that people are praising too that he did years ago. So I got to look into this dude. Because yeah. I heard of this dude. And finally, Better Call Saul is coming back after like. Yeah. It's coming back like in a couple weeks, like April sometime. I know. I'm scared. I can't even remember how the fuck season five ended. Well, I watched it again. I watched wow. and did. That's when I, I, I was like, God damn. This you know is. You know what scares the shit out of me is that old fucker with the bell. That fucker. He, oh, he yeah. That's, um, he, he sees me in my nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Something Salamanca, who had a role in Scarface. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Scarface. Yeah. He's the guy that hung the dude from the right. copter. Yeah. Tony blew his brains out in the car. No kids, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's my pick of the week. Tony Dalton and Better Call Saul and Goddamn. Not to spoil it for everybody, so shut it off. Lalo, they had a, a hit on him, and it failed. And he fucked, dude, the way he killed everybody, he's a badass. Oh, yeah. And he, the way that the last show ends, he's like limping away, pissed. And you never see this guy upset. Like killing people, being like a scumbag left and right, but always with a smile, nonchalant. Now he looks pissed finally. And he's limping away to, you know, they killed like really important people in his life. He's pissed. And he found out Nacho sold him out. So now he's going after Nacho. And Nacho is doing everything to save his father's life because they want to kill his father if he don't follow orders. And now he ended up doing this. So, you know, Nacho escaped. But, and, you know, the premise of the next uh, fucking, uh, the final season is crazy. Because Lalo made the guy, one of the assassinators, tell the dude over the phone, it's done, we kill Lalo. So everybody thinks the fucker is dead. So, oh my God. That's my pick of the week. It's science, bitches. Yeah. All right, well, now it's time to go fan of the week. And uh, the gentleman who paid for this episode is Daniel Bogdan. 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 Daniel. Daniel knows who you are. And I, I was so happy because... I was looking uh, at receipts on the GoFundMe thing, and I, I saw the sound was picked, and he left a very nice, I love you guys, been listening to a long, long time, but didn't have his name. And it just had his uh, his uh, uh, email thing. So I was like, oh, fuck, I won't have it in time for the for the show. And I was going to put it up as a nameless ghoul. <laughs> a nameless ghoul from Ghost recommended this but daniel reached out to my uh post on the facebook page and i'm, I'm so happy to do this and and daniel uh hey I, w- I was looking at some of his posts because unfortunately your name didn't like jump out at me 
as somebody who posts a lot, and I, I saw you, you post it frequently, and there's a lot of people that do that. You know, they, they go on the page, they look, but they're not necessarily posters. But, uh, you know, I, I looked up, you know, the stuff that he has posted on the page, and wow, what, what a gamut of, you know, different stuff this guy's into. And I, I really dig it. I mean, there's fucking death metal, weird metal, fucking, you know, oh my God, kiss, you know. And, and then I was intrigued. I, I found out we weren't friends, so I couldn't find more stuff out about him. So I sent him uh, a friend request, and he hasn't responded yet. So then I did some some Googling on this guy to see if I could find out some more information. And uh, it's not even his real name. Uh Apparently, he's in the witness protection uh, program, and he was the guy who dropped the whistle that it was it was Sammy who who killed Eddie Van Halen. Oh, I told you. Yep, 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 yep. But uh, Daniel went to the authorities and uh, and went into hiding. I don't know what you're afraid of because Sammy fans, what are they gonna do? Slap the shit out of you? Yeah. You know, you know, you got nothing to worry about. Come back, tell us your real name. And uh, everything's forgiven. You did a good thing. You did a good thing. Yeah, but Daniel, straight out. In, in all seriousness, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that you are on the page. I appreciate how much you love the show, and uh, and we hope this uh, episode entertained you. I, I wrote him. I said we're recording it tonight, and he was very excited. So uh, so Daniel, thank you, and get a little bit more active on the page so I, I that name pops out at. Me. If you want to. If not, you know, who gives a fuck? I got a low IQ. I'll probably forget this shit anyway. You know? But thank you for donating uh, to the Rockin' Pod. We greatly appreciate it. And it was fun to finally talk about Ghost. So, there you go, man. Awesome. Yeah, that that's true. We never did a Ghost review. No? And uh, maybe... When all this shit's over, I'd like to do a bunch of new albums I hate, you know. We we could put in the new Ghost album and Iron Maiden album and shit like that. And, yeah. You know, people people love when I hate shit, so there you go. And people hate when I hate shit. <laughs> but come back. But come back next week when next week's going to be an interesting episode. We're taking a little bit of a break from the fan fate episodes. Calm down, calm down. If you got one coming, it'll be back soon. But we're not going to do an album review, but we are going to have Mark Allen Taylor on the show. And it's kind of going to be like a new jackass thing <laughs> where we're going we're gonna to stick a funnel in his ass and we're going to pour in Pop Rocks and Coca-Cola and see what happens. Oh, man. You know what I would love to see uh, Mark Allen Taylor say? And it's another thing we got to do to him. I like him to say... I got octopuses coming out of my fucking ears, man. <laughs> yeah. You gotta put tentacles in his ears. I got octopuses coming out of my fucking ears, man. How, how you get a scar like that eating pussy? I eat corn dogs. No, no, he said it wrong. <laughs> how do you get a scar like that eating pineapple? Yeah. <laughs> oh, TV version. Yeah. How do you get Eddie. a scar like this eating pineapple, man? That's next week. On the Rock and Metal Fluid Podcast. Yeah, bang. Skull fucker. Da 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 da. Skull fuck Bob Fluid, bitch. <laughs> it's science, bitch. <laughs>